Hello, this is A.R. Bernard, and welcome to my podcast. My objective, it's simple, to create a platform where you can be educated, informed, and inspired as you navigate the intersection of faith and culture. If you have no faith, maybe you'll find it here. So, thanks for tuning in. Good morning, everyone, yes, and good morning. welcome. Good morning. <laughs> it is so good to have you with us from wherever you are, locally or somewhere across the country, the United States, or around the world, yes. actually. So thank you from everywhere on the globe that you're participating with our Sunday morning service. Praise the Lord. You jump in your seat and mess up the... <laughs> mess I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, just, you know, because look, I, oh, I can't, I got to get rid of these. Yeah, labels. you can't, no, no promote. We're not getting, you're not getting... promote anything. Yeah, okay, you can't good. promote. You still can see that. All right, so. Okay. <laughs> That's uh, ARB Coffee Shop. Okay. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you were saying... What, he's a rapper? Yeah, so he's a rapper, and every year, his name is Uncle Murder. And um, uh, if you don't know who Uncle Murder is, ask your kids, and they can help, uh, help <laughs> you understand. Uh, I don't, you know, it does, he does use profanity and stuff like that, but um, he does a year-end review, you know, for the past couple of years, in January. Well, you just listen to that to stay in touch with pop culture so that you can preach about it, right? That and to understand my kids. Ah. Okay. Because they use some words, I'm like, what? You know, not profanity, but just <laughs> no. They, oh man, but just construction of words. Okay. Yes, the construction of words, the new uh, phrases, the new slang. Yeah, okay. You know, the, some of the slangs are repeating. Boy, you got to like do what I was. I had to do now. Yes. I mean, you have to do now what I had to do back then. Yes, but you really didn't listen to rap music, so the the, the gap was a lot a lot uh, <laughs> different. Gap. See, generational gap. Yes. Right. So, but he he goes and he starts out talking about uh, as he does his year review. So he talks about everything that happened in 2020, and he talks about how bad the year is, and he refers to the death of Kobe of how the year started. You know, January 26th last year, Kobe died. And he made this statement because he's in the church. Uh, as the video starts up with him in the church, and he makes a statement. He said, "Come on, God, you must do better." Hmm. Right, and and I think that's a sentiment that's represented for some of the culture, not all of the culture, not all of the individuals. Uh, so when I hear that song, it speaks to the 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 misconception on how we feel God should work. Okay. Right. So if if you're saying you must do better. There must be a standard that you're comparing what better is right. in order to make that statement. So he must feel that there's a standard of operation that God hasn't met yet. Okay. But God so, is not meeting. Well, you know, it's funny because I was in a board meeting with a major organization, Christian organization, that I'm on the board of directors with. And um, some of the conversation was about the culture and where we are. And we're going to get into that as we continue the, the voice, four voices of the church. Uh, and it was this notion, the question was about millennials and their disposition and their feelings. And I, as I thought about it, one word came to me, and that is disappointment. Yeah. That mm -hmm. they are, what, they represent some 80 million uh, American citizens, mm -hmm. right? Uh, part of the population, which is one of the largest since my population, the baby boomers. And they're the most educated. You know, a uh, large percentage of them have college degrees, mm -hmm. but that has not translated into uh, the kind of income in the marketplace that they would like to see or the kind of world that they would like to live in. So they're, they're disappointed. They're disappointed with the establishment mm -hmm. and everything that's represented and included in the establishment. And the church is a part. And the church is a yes. part of the establishment because the church is one of the social institutions by which we judge a culture. So, yeah, I could I could hear that. I can understand mm -hmm. where it's coming from. I don't agree, but no, I, don't agree. I understand where, where this person may be coming but from. When, when I listen to that, I don't get offended. I said, okay, uh, what role will the church play to reshape that thinking? And that's right? it, And that's important because, look, we believe we've got the greatest message. Yes. And the problem is we have not communicated that message well. And we've allowed other things to hijack yes. the message. That's what this, what we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks about the Great Commission. Proclamation, mm -hmm. right? Discipleship, yep. getting, making, making people's followers of Christ, not of a political party, not mm -hmm. of a, a particular person or, 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 or cultural, you know, idea. 
but followers of Christ mm-hmm. and humanitarianism, showing the love, the life, the light of Christ to those in need, the yes. poor. Yep. You know, uh, and those are the things. And we have not done a good job in our proclamation because proclamation is not just what you say, but how you live. Yes. And how you practice your faith. And we, we really haven't done a great job nope. uh, with that. And I think that this is a time of reckoning for the church, that God is judging the church, uh, the body of Christ, in terms of how we have done with that great commission of proclaiming not just the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, but the implications of that mm-hmm. life, death, and resurrection. Uh, what does that mean to culture, to society, to morality, to the things that we're wrestling through? And, and part of that is understanding the Christian etiquette. Right, so so so, how do I respond and act as a Christian? Where I still get my point across, express my disappointment, express my frustration, even express my anger, mm-hmm. but yet do it in a manner that um, speaks to the template written in the scriptures. Yeah, yeah, right. And and we wrestle with that because you got pastors, you got the cussing pastor. You know, this guy. <laughs> wait, wait, pastors who cuss? Yes, and okay. and and he has some valid arguments because the lady said, "You're not going to heaven." He said, "What? What does Romans ten nine say? What does you know, John three sixteen say? You know, it, it, does my cussing eliminate me from going to church? I mean, going to heaven?" And I said, "These are good conversations that we as Christians need to be able to have." Um, you know, and then even for those who were um, tossed and tangled. Uh, detention came up when you heard me talk about the uh, law of attraction, and I, I'm not, you know, and we're going to get into it. Yeah, that's more. the message that I taught back in the early '90s. But I'm not uh, going to the extreme of the, you know, the new era, the new age, a new age yeah, Christianity new age. or the agnosticism and stuff like that. I don't believe we're, we're, we're gods, you know, the, to be able to, to create this uh, reality, you know, because my question is, if my reality, I create my reality. And you create your reality, and two realities come into conflict. Yeah, whose who reality supersedes, yeah. right? Who, who settles? So I, yeah. you know, I, I, I believe that there's a certain way of thinking that makes pushes you towards. And by creating reality, you're 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 talking about new age thinking. Yes. New age thinking yep. believes that you can create your own reality, manifest, whatever you yes. believe, and manifest mm-hmm. it and and live in it, mm-hmm. which means that you're God. Yeah. All right, because only God can can manipulate the material existence, and we as believe as Christians that God is the only one. Uh, yeah. He supersedes everything, and, and, and you know we're here for a particular purpose and reason. And part of that purpose and reason is not to create a reality that manifests that supersedes God's uh, desires and will. Yeah, God created the material existence, especially humanity, to have an object of His love and affection. Yep. Mm-hmm. So His grace. Yes. And and. You know, God's presence touches every human being and every aspect of humanity. That's what it really means when it says, in him we live and move and have our being. That's, that's what Paul was saying. Whether you believe in him or not, mm-hmm. his presence touches your life. Yep. His presence relates to who you are as a person and how you're living out your life. Yes. Whether that presence is, is bringing a conviction because you're living life outside of his standard of morality you know, uh, a set of values, but, uh, you know, God's presence is everywhere. Yes. And yes. he touches every human life. So, so th- the problem of suffering, yes. uh, chaos, disorder, mm-hmm. violence, mm-hmm. oppression, yep. as we look around and we see all of these manifestations of things. So, and, and see, that, that goes back to the reality that, that, that there's a universal moral law. When we talk about moral and ethics, morality and ethics last week. Oh, yeah, people had... Um, Attention with the way you articulated. Um, they had attention with it? Yes, with the way you articulated Uh-oh. ethics and bringing up uh, slavery into it. Uh, so we, we, I'll bring up that question and we'll, we'll talk about that. Yes. Okay, but there's a difference. So when we think about morality, when we think about what's moral, mm-hmm. we're thinking about a transcendent universal law. Paul uh, refers to it in Romans chapter 2 when he says, and he's comparing the Gentiles to, to the Jews who have been given the written law of Moses, Right. He says, when the Gentiles do, by nature, by nature, the things written in the law, they demonstrate that there is a law written on the human heart, on their hearts. So there is a universal moral code that, you know, pricks our conscience in terms of right and wrong conduct. So morality is about what's right and wrong conduct Mm -hmm. outside of any culturally devised rule and regulation. And that's the thing. Morality, it transcends ethics. It's outside of that. Mm-hmm. 
So okay, but you're you're gonna you're gonna ask me that question. Yeah, we're we're gonna talk about that because I, I kind of went in on. It. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just want to say thank you for all those um, who blessed me for my birthday. I truly appreciate it. Uh, I got a card this morning, uh, and I meant to bring it with me, but we had to rush in here uh, from Shyla and Sean, and it was just a, an amazing message. Uh, just it, it was it was amazing. I, I wish I had it to to read the, the message, but I just want to say thank you for all those who blessed me. I truly appreciate it. Um, and uh, it came in a good time. I was like, won't he do it? Won't he do it? <laughs> you, went, you went church on it. Yes, yeah, I did. You know? And, and while, while we're thanking you, thank you for your continued support, not just in prayer, but financially for this ministry. Yes. It takes a lot to do what we do, and it, that continues to expand. We've got to buy new equipment in order to maintain yes. our digital presence, et cetera. We're thinking about when we go back into the building. So thank you for your faithfulness, your obedience to God, especially when it comes to your giving, you know, uh, tithes and offering. Uh, we, we appreciate that. God is not like the government who takes it out of our pay. He, <laughs> he, he allows us to voluntarily surrender in obedience to his word and promises blessing. Yes. I was talking to someone person who's pretty, pretty well off, and they brought up the whole tithing, and they were talking about remembering, you know, things that would happen in their favor financially because mm -hmm. they consistently tithe, you know, and they told me they decided to just do it automatic. I said, that's, that's the way to do it. I, I've been automatic for many, many years. You just yep. said it and forget it, you know, but thank you yes. for your love and your support of the ministry. I, I, I believe it was Rockefeller. He said, I'm glad that I created the discipline to tithe on my first dollar. Wait, Rockefeller, the, the rich guy? Yes. Rockefeller? Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> you mean he tithe? He tithe. Oh. And he, he, said, he said, because I, that discipline I created on tithing the first dollar was the same discipline I used to tithe on the first million. Ah, yeah. Because it becomes part of who you are, uh, a lifestyle. And yep. That's, that's a whole nother story. I know, right? Yes. Because so there are people who, okay. <laughs> who fight against that. Yes. You know? yep. It's the um, Old Testament rule. And, yeah, yeah, and if you've got to find some theology to keep so that you don't have to tithe or keep, give offering, keep, keep just it. don't, don't yes. do it. That's all. Don't try to justify yourself yep. before God and human beings. Just don't do it. So yeah, re Redemptive voice, because uh, people, you know, they want, they want, they want, they want uh, the, the final one. So redemptive voice. Um, all right, so. so got right. redemptive voice. You got the um, moral voice, prophetic voice, and humanitarian voice. All right. So, yeah. Right. So yeah. So re redemptive. Yes. All right. Mm -hmm. Which is about reconciliation and healing. Second Corinthians five nineteen. God was in Christ reconciling yes. the world to Himself, mm -hmm. and He's given us the ministry and word of reconciliation, yep. whereas He has sent us sent us as ambassadors. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's essentially what they're saying. So. Redemptive voice. We we look to redeem yes. humanity, not throw it away. Mm -hmm. So we go the extra mile, you know. And that was the power of the. <laughs> Wait, early say church. that again, please. Let the church hear that. We 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 look to redeem humanity, not throw it away. And we go the extra mile. Exactly. exactly. Uh, extra mile. <laughs> you know, too often, the church can be quite judgmental and condemning mm -hmm. because they're struggling to have a a standard of righteousness, but it it often manifests as as legal legalism mm -hmm. you know and codes that mm -hmm. that you know they insist on with no grace yep. grace and truth work together yes. so the church cannot be the the place of refuge as god intended you know and yet too often become judgmental mm -hmm. and and um you know uh condemn people yep you know, instead of helping them understanding look you say look you messed up you did this mm -hmm. you know you made the choice but Here's God's grace on it. Yes, let's walk through this together. Exactly. You know, I'll be there with it. your consequences, helping you walk through it, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. So people take responsibility. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a place of change. That's the, that's a pivotal point. Um, repentance. Yes. Change. Yep. So. Um, Moral right, voice. So, so redemptive voice, <laughs> yes. right, which is about healing, reconciliation. Then there's the moral voice, mm -hmm. which is about a moral standard. Yes. And we hold society, especially those in power, accountable to a moral mm -hmm. standard. 
which is important because, you know, we bring, and we're going to talk about this in greater detail, we bring the, as a church a moral value consensus mm-hmm. to society. And that's important for concord and justice because those issues are not necessarily taken up in the legal codes of a society because you can have unjust laws. Yes. Right? Laws that actually reinforce injustice. Mm-hmm. All right? And so, you say, so, because there's a moral standard, and that moral standard is objective. Right. Correct? Right? It's supposed to be. It's supposed, it's supposed to, be. to be objective. Well, no, yeah. the, the God-given well, the God moral, given moral standard yeah, is yeah, so, it's subjective. Uh, objective, and yeah. we tend to become objective, and we try to say, because of the whole idea of consensus theory. Yeah. And consensus theory just says if the larger masses says this is okay, then it's okay. Right, and that's the problem because then we land back at slavery. Larger that's good. masses. I like that. That's good stuff. Because it relates to what I want to talk about. Yeah, so the larger masses says it's okay, therefore it's accepted as a moral and that's, code. And that's cultural influence. Yes. So mm-hmm. if the cultures, every, and look, children say, but yeah, but so and so is doing mm-hmm. it. Everybody's doing it. Yes. Which is yep. not true, mm-hmm. but they say that to justify. Yep. Engaging in some activity yep. that may be inconsistent. They create a subjective moral code that uh, responds to the guilt. Say it again. Conscious. Consistent. No, uh, consensus. Consensus. Yes. Theory. Yeah, consensus theory. Okay, so whatever the consensus mm-hmm. is, that should be okay. Yep. Which makes sense because those who want to change the present consensus yes. will try to do so mm-hmm. to make it acceptable yep. to the broader society. And if we can't get the majority to do it, we legislate it through law. Yeah. Wow. That's good stuff, man. <laughs> so we've got rede- the church for voice of proclamation. Mm-hmm. It's a redemptive voice, yep. uh, moral voice, mm-hmm. and humanitarian voice, Yes, which is simple. I mean, that's, that's clearly understood. It's, it's us reaching out to the poor, the disenfranchised, the oppressed, those who are marginalized uh, within the society. What Jesus called the least of these. Yes. You know, um, he made it clear. I was hungry. You fed me. I was, I was naked. You clothed me. I was in prison. You visited me. You know, um, all of those things mm-hmm. relate to those in society who are less fortunate. Yep. You know, and we have a responsibility to be our brother's keeper, that the stronger bear the infirmities of the weak. And that's the common good. That's how we come together. And that's what's so beautiful about the kingdom of God. Yes. And his way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah. So the prophetic voice is actually lost. I, I last rather. I got into it because of all this stuff that's been going on in our society for the last uh, several months yes. around the election, etc. But but let me talk more. Go into the prophetic voice yeah, because I have a question uh, that was right. asked uh, to me uh, about the prophetic voice because people say, well, the the person who prophesied that Trump was going to win and be the next president for the next four years wasn't wrong because they felt it was stolen. So therefore, he still won. But my thing is, if it was a prophetic voice given by God, uh, he would currently be the president. It wouldn't, well, Biden yeah. wouldn't have been sworn in, right? Biden, because it, 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 You can't got, change the rules. Yeah, and it has to be holistic. So if this is what you said, you can't just take parts of it and say, I'm justified in my prophetic voice. There are people who are doubling down. Yes. And look, we're not bashing you. We're not saying you're not a prophet. We're saying you you missed this one. (laughs) That's it. You missed this one. (laughs) So, you know, you can double down and dig in, you know, to try to justify yourself. But then it's the question is, is that out of your pride or is Mm -hmm. that because, you know, you're standing up for God? Because that's the way people want to make it seem. Um, Look, uh, Daniel chapter 2. Verses 21, beginning at 20, 21, 22. But 21, it says, God is the one who changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and he removes kings. If we believe that God is in control and he determines who's in power, no matter what nations and society, no matter what governmental system, that God makes that determination— for a much broader purpose, because he's working everything according to his eternal purposes, which he purposed in Christ. And ultimately, everything is to become subject to Christ's Mm -hmm. rulership, right? Then we have to say, okay, God did that. Now, you can't say that God is the one who puts people in power and then say the devil stole it, (laughs) because that makes the devil greater and more powerful than God. So Mm -hmm. we've got to be consistent in in, in what we think. Uh, So there's a redemptive voice, a moral voice, 
to uphold the standard of right and wrong conduct, especially amongst those in power. You know, we talked about morality being guiding principles, Mm -hmm. universal and transcendent guiding principles. You know, we talked about Dr. King holding America accountable for issues of race and discrimination, right? That it was immoral, essentially. And the prophetic voice. And again, the prophetic voice is not about fortune telling. It's not about, you know, predicting elections and things like that. Um, Because remember, there's public revelation Mm -hmm. and there's private revelation. And private revelation is open to discussion and judgment. Public revelation, which is the authoritative uh, body of truth in scripture. Mm -hmm. All right. That we hold as the authority. Yes. Okay. Public revelation is the body of truth, which is. In scripture, scripture right. that we hold as the highest. That's the authority. Yep, exactly. authority. That's the authority of the Bible, the authority of scripture. Private revelation, that's something they have responsibility to judge. Mm-hmm. You know, so when people say, you know, I went to heaven, I went to hell, and here's my story. I, I, I can't judge. I don't know. I can't judge <laughs> that. I mean, if you talk about what happened in that experience, mm-hmm. I, and I can relate some of that to scripture, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then I can judge the experience. But whether you went or didn't go, I, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You can make a movie about it and all that. I mean, it's, it's wonderful in terms of the effect that it may have, making someone say, wow, that's amazing, that's mm-hmm. beautiful. You know, uh, that's good. But again, we have to be careful when it comes to private revelation. And remember, uh, the prophetic is predictive to the future, all right? But primarily analytical to the present. Because the prophets of old would look at the spiritual, moral uh, conditions, the mm-hmm. political and social conditions of society, and then speak a word from God. Because the prophet hears from God mm-hmm. and then speaks to the people. Yeah. That's so important. The prophet hears from God and then speaks to the people. So the prophet becomes responsible mm-hmm. for what they think they heard. Yes. Because out of what they think they heard, mm-hmm. they're going to speak. So they're responsible. All right. So uh, in Luke 21, Luke 12, 56, uh, Jesus beautifully says, I love this in Luke 12, 56. He says, um, and, and, you know, backing up, and we read this last week, beginning at verse 54. Then Jesus turned to the crowd and said, when you see clouds beginning, reading from the New Living Translation, when you see clouds beginning to form in the West, you say, here comes a shower and you are right. When the south wind blows, you say, today will be a scorcher. And it is. Verse 56, you fools, you know how to interpret the weather signs of the earth and sky, but you don't know how to interpret the present times. All right? The signs of the times is King James language. So signs of the times are are prophetic indicators. Got it? Prophetic indicators indicators. Why? Because they are telling us something about the condition of the culture. These prophetic indicators emanate from the character of the culture, because whatever the character of the culture is, is going to determine the direction that that culture is going to go in, the decisions that they're going to make, the choices they're going to make, the rules, the policies that they're going to make, the systems and structures that they're going to create, all comes out of the character of their culture. Because essentially your character is your moral and ethical response Mm -hmm. to everything that's going, to the external world, everything that's going on. Repeat uh, that again. Your moral and ethical response. To to everything everything that's going going on around around you. To the world in which you live, right? So here's the thing. So the prophetic, and most importantly, as the church's voice, the prophetic voice, most importantly is the spirit of discernment. Our ability to look at the spiritual, moral, social, political conditions of the culture and discern patterns, trends, directions, that it's all going in, patterns, principles, because it all reveals patterns. Everything that God does, he does according to a pattern and based upon a principle or precept. Yep. Because a precept is a rule that God has, a commandment that God has established, right? So uh, the, the signs of the times, all right, reveals patterns, principles, and trends that are shaping the present and future of the society. They're indicators of where things are going spiritually, morally, ethically, legally, in terms of law and policy, Mm -hmm. because they're going to be creating out of the character of the culture, certain laws or changing laws. Yep. You see, and that's why it is so important 
that we discern these things. So the, the prophet, like I said, becomes the radar. <laughs> yes. You know, the, the, yep. the radar of the society watching, you know, the, 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 the society's moral direction. So it becomes a moral radar system. So the prophet, through the gift of discernment, right, is a nation's spiritual and moral radar system. Mm-hmm. So instead of trying to predict the future, right, we should be speaking. Uh, Dr. Billy Graham you know, in, 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 in his career. And, 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 you know, I watched his evolution, which I respect. All right. Um, you know, he appealed as a moral voice. He appealed to the conscience of America. And you look at his old messages and he was saying, look, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. And there are others who are unliked by many in this culture. And yet they had a prophetic voice in terms of crying out against what was happening morally in the society, <laughs> you know? So there is something, as we speak about the prophetic, and, and, and let's go to the board, because I, I was thinking about this and our need to understand uh, this so importantly. There is something in our society called the culture wars. Now, you, you've had to have heard of this by now, the culture wars. And it's really the tension that is taking place. And this has been happening in American society for, for a long time. Some look back to the 1960s. Some look back to the 1920s. Because the term culture wars actually comes from Europe, where the Catholic Church came into conflict with what was happening within the society there. But culture wars is when there's a tension between what's influencing the culture, all right? So it's, it's traditional, and I'm careful with these words because everybody has their definition. <laughs> traditional and conservative values versus progressive And liberal. So right here is a tension. Mm-hmm. Because politically, socially, people identify themselves as traditionalists or conservatives. People identify themselves as progressive or liberal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right and left. Because mm-hmm. essentially, this is considered right, okay, and left. You know, and, and look, you, you may say, well, what does this have to do with Jesus? Okay, all right, we're going to get to you. But, but definitely there is a tension between these two different ways of looking at life, looking at society, looking at the way things should be, should be organized. This is two different ways of thinking. And remember Romans 12 too, you'll be transformed by the renewing of your what? Mind. Mind. So Jesus expects you to change the way you think. Mm -hmm. The question is, how does he want you to think? Yes. All right. And the Bible doesn't say he wants you to think traditionally, conservatively, right. (laughs) The Bible doesn't say he wants you to think progressive, liberal, and left. So what you have to do is understand, okay, what are the values, Mm -hmm. morality, and lifestyle that's being expressed by these different points of view? And that's why the conflict is a different way of looking at the world a different way of thinking how the world should be, or society should be organized or ordered, and a different way of thinking how we should live in it. Yes. Very, so you have hot button issues. So we're going to take some of it on. Can we, All right, yes. can we take it on? Yep. All right. So the hot, let me, <laughs> I'm going to write this down. Hot button issues. All right. So if you're in the chat, let's be mature and, um, and Christian-like. Okay. <laughs> Notice I, I, I said conservative tradition. Yes. I didn't put Christian because there are Christians who are progressive, yes. who identify as progressive. Mm-hmm. There are Christians who identify uh, as liberal. There are Christians who identify as traditionalists, as conservative. So this is not about, you know, your Christianity yet. Yes. It will be. It will be. All right. But what are the hot button issues that are creating conflicts of opinion in response to these issues? I'm going to put it on there. Abortion. Yep. That's one of the hot button issues. Another hot button issues? Oh, yeah. Gun control. Mm-hmm. The politics around gun control. Uh, privacy. 
People feel that their privacy is being invaded as the government gets more reach into, you know, people's personal lives. Mm-hmm. Um, how, about, how about this? Recreational... Recreational drug use. What are we talking about? Yeah, because a lot of people ask me, is it a sin to smoke marijuana if you have That's recreational drug use. Yeah. So you have medicinal mm-hmm. drug use, yep. and laws are being passed and mm-hmm. policies, right? And people are asking, is it okay as a Christian to smoke, to smoke marijuana? Yep. Uh, is it okay as a Christian to uh, grow a pot farm? We're yep. not answering those questions right now. <laughs> So but now, now Generation Z is issues. tuning in and tell it a millennials. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, censorship. You know, what I can say and what I can't say. Yep. And there's been so much hypocrisy from both sides mm-hmm. concerning censorship. Because people want to censor things when it's to their benefit. Yes. And won't be, be able to freely speak when it's mm-hmm. to their benefit. And I, that's why I tell people, I said, if you allow them to attack one amendment, all other amendments are up for grabs. I, so they say that, you know, for, for our, the, the Second Amendment with dealing with guns, they say, well, the technology of guns weren't there. And, and uh, you know, there was, um, you know, the musket, you know, one shot, you know, stuff like that. Now you have, uh, you can shoot a whole bunch of people real quick. Things have changed. I said, I said well, then that's the case. And when it comes to the First Amendment and freedom of speech, the technology wasn't there. There was no social media. There was no Instagram. There was no, you know, uh, cell phones. You know, it was, you know, so they can use the same argument to go against both of them. And if you are okay with one, then you got to be okay with the other. Ah, what word did you use? Arguments. Yes. Hold on to that word. Okay. It's a very important <laughs> word. All right. How about how about this one? Sexual orientation. Yes. This gets into the whole LGBTQ movement. Yeah, because I have a and question. worldview. Because it, it, so they're being so one-minded. You know. So Nancy Pelosi said that we're not going to use a uh, he, she. Uh, you know, the, the whole female thing, but she still said she was the best grandmother. You know, she was talking about how women I, I know, you know what it is. Um, <laughs> but the, the problem is when you look at certain languages, they lean heavily on masculine and feminine identity in order to talk about that word. To make distinction. Yes, to make distinction. Make distinction. So I want to say, what's going to happen to that language? You know, I, so I, <laughs> people come up with ideas and all of a sudden they want to apply those ideas without thinking it through. Yes. You know, to accommodate yep. a constituency mm-hmm. or a group of voters or something like that. So I'm looking at Spanish, Italian, you know, and <laughs> yeah. you look at the the, the, the words and you're like, okay, well, I can't say that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, like that, that, and that's the way it is. So big one, a big one, uh, separation of church and, you know, state. So these are the hot button issues. Mm-hmm. You have people for and against yep. each one of these items or determining, you know, what's the, what's the best way? How do we respond? And, and for me, the bigger issue is this, because this, this has certain implications to it, as we think. But essentially, when you think about culture, all right, you're talking about values Morality and lifestyle. Mm-hmm. What's informing your values? So we think about what or who? values, values morality, morality, and lifestyle. and lifestyle. What's informing or who's informing your values? Yes. Your values are what you stand for, what's mm-hmm. most important to you, right? Who or what is informing your values? Who or what is informing the, your morality? Who or what is informing the lifestyle that you choose? And then we get into choosing. because So this is, this is what the culture wars is all about. And these are very serious issues because you're talking about public policy, laws, regulations, structures, system, law enforcement, right? The judicial system all comes into play with these things. And you're talking about people's private lives yep. when you're talking about the issue of abortion or, or issue of sexual uh, orientation and mm-hmm. what people feel about, you know, who they are physically, sexually, and all of that. All of this stuff comes into play. And you say, well, what does that have to do with the church? Are you serious? The, the whole idea of separation of church and state, which the First Amendment, all right, was written to protect the church from the government. Mm-hmm. So government can, can't come in and tell the church what to do, how to believe, what to believe, because when this country was founded, it came out of Europe, who witnessed 70 years of bloodshed and violence happening with the church, mm-hmm. dis- disagreements within the church. 
people were dying, and America did not want to continue that. So they made sure there's no uh, uh, state religion, all right? It was against state religion. That's the First Amendment. So it was to protect the, the church from being infiltrated by the government, controlled by the government. But now people want to protect the culture from the church. Yep. So they're going to, they're pointing to this whole thing of separation in church and state, all right, because they want to now protect the culture from the church. Why? Because the church brings a moral value consensus. That's what we bring. And that's necessary for peace, for concord, for justice. Those are things that are moral issues. The church weighs in on that. So now the church is also, you know, brings a, a, a particular morality and value system that affects all of these things. So the church weighs in on the issue of abortion. And there's some for, some again. The church weighs in on sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. So we're saying, well, you know, uh, we don't want the church telling us what to do. And see, that's what the fight is really about. Let me get you Christians in on this so you understand. All right? All right? Because the war is not about all this stuff. This is what the war is all about. Who or what determines my values? My morality, my lifestyle. Does the government have the right to determine my value system, my (laughs) values? Or does God have the right to tell me what my value should be? To, tell, to hold me to a, a, a set of, you know, moral standards, rules of right and wrong conduct? Does God have the right to tell me my lifestyle, what it should be, what it shouldn't be? Does the government have the right to tell me, or do I have the right? Can I determine what my values should be, what my morality should be? Uh, I should have the right to determine what lifestyle I want to live. Nobody should have that right but me. Yep. And, and the problem with that is if there's not an objective standard that we operate with, then we're left to judging based on the ebbs and flows of society. The shifting mood of society. And what what also comes out of that is there will always be a conflict of values, morality, and lifestyle that doesn't speak to everybody else's. Absolutely. Right? It becomes so subjective, so so personal, Mm -hmm. that you'll have... Chaos. And therefore, we cannot judge if somebody's going around killing because that's what they feel they should do. That's what they do. feel they would do. You know, you can't, I felt you, like slapping them yep. in the face. I felt you, like you doing can't, this. You can't. You so can't. There, there has to be some standard. So the question, who or what, mm-hmm. all right, tells us how we should live. Yep. And that's the war. That's the fight that's really going on. It's a war, all right, to deter. It's a war over who determines what's right. And what's wrong? Mm-hmm. That's what the war is really about. I mean, we boil it down to issues like abortion, yeah. sexual orientation, gun control, privacy, and all that. But really, it's a war mm-hmm. that, that's really about what's right. Yep. What's wrong? Who tells us? Mm-hmm. Who determines what's right, what's wrong? Who determines how I yeah. should live? Mm-hmm. All right? And, because and, if that's the case, then Hitler's not wrong. Right, based uh, on you know, the ebbs and flows. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, but if, in, in that thinking, that frame of thinking, you know, then, then you know, how do you even judge slavery, right? Because Did, slavery was not judgment? just an American thing; it was a global thing. Yeah. Slavery didn't, you know, wasn't just something that happened in America. So, from a consensus theory, right, uh, on a global scale, a lot more people were okay with that until the uprising and the voices saying that started challenging right. that that theory. That slavery was okay. And, and that's it. It becomes subjective to the mm-hmm. society. And that's a distinction between morality and ethics. Yep. All right? <laughs> Excuse me, within the society, it can be okay. Mm-hmm. Those are the rules. That's how we live here. But there has to be something transcendent. Has to. I, ho- I ask you to hold that word argument. Yes. Let's look at 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. All right? Reading from the New Living Translation. 
We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. Mm -hmm. Human thinking, human philosophy. Yep. Remember, all right, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. Mm -hmm. King James language. We use, verse 4, God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the, what are we warring against? <laughs> what are we fighting against, folks? Yep. Here it is for you. When you think about spiritual warfare, it, you know, you could spend 24 hours spitting and foaming and screaming and <laughs> yelling at the demons and pulling down strong, you know, what you think yep. pulling down strongholds. But what, what is a stronghold? It is, they're strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Yeah. These are arguments that the society is having over those hot button issues, and there's much more. Those are just the hot button ones. <laughs> society has its own way of thinking, all right? So what are we pulling down? What is the spiritual warfare that we're engaged in? We're engaged in warfare against the way people are thinking and yeah. society's presenting, yep. their rationalization, their logic, all right, which is against what the scripture says. Uh, society should be ordered, uh, how society should be ordered, and the way we should live in it. So, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. Because the knowledge of God is what's critical. Because once you really know God, you begin to reorganize your life. You begin to think differently. You have a new set of values, uh, a heightened sense of morality. Your lifestyle is affected by it, right? We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Christ is bringing the mind of God. Yes. The mind of God is in Christ. And we are being, we've been introduced to that mind. So it's really, uh, uh, we, we, we got to look at this. This is just so beautiful to understand. And ergo, that's why truth matters. Truth matters. Jesus said, mm -hmm. I am the way, the truth, truth and the life. Yep. All right. So the, uh, the, the way you, you live, mm -hmm. your life matters. Yes. Truth matters. Yes. Right. Yep. The light you shine when you live in the truth and the right yeah, life. Yeah, and the life, matters. yeah, all that. Mm -hmm. Life matters. Yes. The life and dignity of the human mm -hmm. person. All that matters. Let's go to Psalm 2. The second Psalm. Psalm 2. And this is, this is beautiful, especially in the New Living Translation. Go to it. Turn to it. Come on. You're studying with us today. <laughs> Why? Verse 1. Psalm 2. Why are the nations angry? Why do they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one. That's Jesus. Mm -hmm. Verse 3. Let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from slavery to God. Stop there. This, the rest of the psalm is powerful <laughs> because, you know, it's, 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 it's a prophetic psalm. Mm -hmm. All right. But what is society saying? We don't want God to rule over mm -hmm. us. We don't want God to inform our values, to inform our morality, to inform our lifestyle. So that's why separation of church and state in America has become a big issue. Because they're saying, no, no, we don't want you to put your religious values and ideas on us. All right? Because we want to be able to choose. It's my right. America is about rights, right? Mm -hmm. It's my right to choose <laughs> the set of values that I hold, mm -hmm. the morality that I live by, by, or don't live by, all right, and, and the lifestyle that I choose. I don't want any outside interference or influence. That's why the prophetic discerns the character of the culture and then speaks into it from God. Yes. The prophet hears from God and then speaks to the culture. And I will tell you, that is the kind of prophetic that we need. That is the kind of, 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 of moral radar that we need in our nation and in our society. Look, history shows what happens to a society when there is moral decay and that society declines. We could just look at history. Great empires and great nations that fell not from the outside, mm -hmm. but from the inside. And boy, we're way over time. Yes, I know. And I think at the core of this is you have to resolve who is at the center of your worldview. Come on. Because that will determine how you respond to those hot button issues. If self is at the center of your worldview, then you'll have that tension. But if God is at the center of your worldview, you'll look at it differently. Yeah. You want God to inform me. Yes. And you don't want to argue with 
God because you believe he's right. Yeah. What he says. What if I don't believe in God? It doesn't change the impact that these things have yeah. on your life. Remember I said in him, Paul said it beautifully, in him, we live and move and have our being. So the presence of God affects all human life. Yep. Those who believe in him, those who don't believe in him. Yes. But we want you to be a believer yes. because God knows the best way that society should be ordered and the best way to live in it. Wow. That was a lot. It was. I know. It was. I know. We say that it every was good. Sunday. It was, it was good. I think this is, once again, informing uh, and teaching and giving words to articulate the conversation. Yeah. Because I, I, you know, we can't tell them that they're going to be challenged and not help them with the challenge. Yeah. Right? And too often the churches, you know, church has said, okay, X, Y, and Z, but don't tell me how to live in X, Y, and Z, how to operate in X, Y, and Z. So they give us the overall, but they don't give us the nuts and bolts. Yeah. Right? And I yeah. think today was the nuts and bolts of that whole idea of the concept of the prophetic voice. Well, I'm glad because people tune in, you know, I want a word from the Lord. Pasta, I want, I need to pay my rent. <laughs> you, you, you want to pay your rent? Get a, get a financial plan. Yes. All right. Yep. You, you want a word? Mm-hmm. Get a financial plan. Start looking at how you handle your money, how you handle your finances. Look, and you got to look back at your whole life, you know? So look, um, the, the word of God, what informs your values? Who informs your values, Mm -hmm. your morality, your lifestyle? If it's God, if it's the scripture, which is the authority, that public revelation that we spoke about, then it's about aligning your life with the Lord and not trying to fit the Lord into how you think Mm -hmm. life should be. Yep. Going back to where we started, uh, you know, that whole provider and how they feel God should provide. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Good. Well, we hope you've been blessed yes. by it. And you're the prayer warrior, man. People love your prayers. I get so <laughs> many uh, compliments and so much feedback from the passion with which you pray. That's, that's beautiful. I just believe there's power in prayer. It sure is. It yeah, sure and is. and I, one of the things I have um, settled in my spirit is that prayer is powerful. Prayer is an amazing thing. Prayer... Is, is, is I just love to have a conversation with God. But I don't create and put God in this box on how he should respond to me yeah. while I'm praying or how he should respond to my prayer request. Yeah. There's freedom and liberation in that. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely, and people have to discover that freedom. Mm-hmm. And when you pray here, it's intercessory because you're, 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 you're listening to the Holy Spirit who is sensitizing you to the needs of the people. Mm-hmm. So people listen and say, man, yeah, I can, I, that resonates with me. I can feel that. I can I relate to that. Yeah, I needed that kind of prayer. So that's, that's the whole prayer thing. And our umbrella theme <laughs> is prayer. <laughs> and so now when you see the weapons of our warfare are not callable, right? we've got to pull down. We've got to change the way people think. Mm-hmm. That is part of the warfare. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, I'm sorry, chapter 4, verse 4, that the God of this world has blinded the minds of men. So people become blinded. Mm-hmm. It's not that, that they can't think or see. It's that the way they're thinking, yes. all right, is apart from the mind of God. So I got a challenge for you, saints, before we close and we move on to the minister that's going to pray. Surrender your mind to God. I mm-hmm. challenge you. 2021, just surrender, wow. total surrender of your mind to God and watch how things change in your life. That's a boom. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to the family of believers. I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited for this next journey and this next walk with you. So if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we just want to say welcome, right? Amen. I'm so excited. Amen. <laughs> yeah, and this is important because what we we're talking about today goes back to Matthew 6:33 where Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God Mm -hmm. and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. But the first part, seek first the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And the kingdom of God, you know, I remember when I first got saved, I thought it was heaven, (laughs) where you go to after you die. No, but the kingdom of God is much more than that. It is a comprehensive way of seeing life that informs our words, our thoughts, our motives, our actions, our attitudes, and our choices. Mm -hmm. So it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteous way of doing and being. Yes. 
And you become a magnet for the things that others have to pursue, often in the wrong way. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's good stuff, man. All right. Let's, that's let's, prosperity right there. <laughs> that's no, that's, a, that's the inspiration aspect. So okay. they can okay. take Hallelujah. it. You know, seek first the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this opportunity to learn and understanding. Um, you know, the, the voices that we operate in, we understand that the voices don't operate independent of each other, but they flow together. So, Lord, I pray for us to be able to give us the words at the tip of our tongue as we move in that redemptive voice. Hmm. Being seasoned with our talk, our speech. Remembering that while we are responding, that there needs to be a redemptive nature in our, even our responses. So, Lord, I pray for the, that. I pray also for the moral voice that we operate in, that you would just Bless us with the understanding of, of the standard of morality in which you operate. Hallelujah, Lord. So that will supersede any of our own personal agenda, our personal our desires, our personal views on the hot-button topics, Lord. I pray that you would just touch us in our humanitarian voice. Give us the desire to go out of the way to respond to the needs of others. Yes, Lord. Of Hallelujah. Yes, we are our brothers and sisters' keeper. Mm -hmm. We are there to be one with each other, Thank you. helping our neighbor out. Yes, Lord. And Lord, our neighbor, we understand, is anybody that we're next to. Hmm. So I pray for that. Lord, I also pray for that understanding, a clearer understanding of that prophetic voice. Yes, but right now, I pray for the church. I pray for the group of individuals that are, 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 are unwilling to really apologize and, and resolve the fact that they've got this one wrong. Mm. But I pray also for the ones that are sitting in anger towards those who prophesied and got it wrong. Mm. I pray that we have a spirit of unity that will just sweep through the Christian body of yes, believers. Lord. Yes, Lord. I pray that you just anoint us afresh to do what it is that you have called us to do Right now is a time for us to operate and understand the urgency behind how we live our life. So I pray that you just have your way. Lord, you're a good God, a wonderful God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And right now, we just pray and ask that you guide, guard, and govern our paths. Pray for protection throughout this week. But Lord, I pray that you touch our ears to hear your voice as we meditate on this word. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' precious name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow. I don't want it to end. <laughs> I want to keep going. But we will. Yes. We will. Amen. Yes. Amen. 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 So, as until we, next time. As we leave this place, whenever God's presence, Jesus, Jesus is Lord, Lord, period. We, we believe it, we proclaim it, and we're seeing it come to pass. pass. God bless and enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks for tuning in to the A.R. Bernard Podcast. I hope you were enriched by the information and or the conversation. Make sure, subscribe by clicking the link in the bio to gain more information about me and the work that I'm doing. Again, thank you and God bless.